worship together this morning.
that have come here today, Lord, to worship you and those that are listening online and worshiping in the Rubicon and the cafe, Lord, I just thank you that we can come here today and worship you and grow together in you, Lord. And I just pray that your spirit will be with us today, Lord. Each one of us comes with something special that needs to be heard by you in our heart, Lord. And so, God, I just pray that you will speak to those here today, those listening online, those listening in the cafe, Lord, that you will just do something special in their heart today, Heavenly Father, that they will be able to take from here and be forever changed. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. We are happy that you are here today. Uh, we, in just a few moments in the next song, we'll be taking our tithes and offering. If you are a first-time guest here today, please don't feel obligated to give. We love you for you to just sit back and enjoy your time here. We're very happy that you are here visiting us today. And for those of you that would like to give, there's several ways for you to give. There will be buckets that will come around during the next song, as well as we have kiosks out in the lobby that you can give. And we also have an app, Salem Fields Community Church app, that you can give through as well. Also, speaking of the app and our phones, we would love it if you would take out your cell phone and check in on Facebook. Let everyone know where you are at this wonderful Sunday morning and uh, let them know how much you love your church and how great of a time that you are having here. Also, when you got a program when you came in, there should be a connection card in there. If you're a first-time guest, we would love for you to fill that out. Let us get to know you a little bit better. And you can also use that card if you have any prayer concerns. Anyone can use that to put down any prayer concerns or... If you have any questions about anything going on here at Salem Fields or small groups or anything like that, you can also use that card as a way to let us know uh, what those questions are, prayer requests are, so that we can reach out to you. And if you are a first-time guest, like I said, we're very happy that you're here this morning. Thank you so much for visiting us. And we would love to give you a little gift, a token of appreciation. There's a first-time guest table out in the lobby. You can stop by there and pick up your little gift for visiting us today. And the next announcement I have is something a little different, but something a little fun. Uh, as you know, Christmas is right around the corner, and it's when we celebrate Jesus' birthday. And what better way to celebrate a birthday than birthday cake? Who here doesn't love cake, right? We all love cake. And so, right? Yeah, I hear some yeses out there. So we all love cake. It's a wonderful way to celebrate Jesus' birthday. So something a little bit different that 
we would like to do this year is we've actually made several Happy Birthday Jesus cake kits. And in each kit is a box of cake mix, a thing of icing, as well as a letter explaining kind of what to do with the kit and um, a card with our information about all our Christmas services that we have going on, Christmas Eve services. And the letter explains that the point of the kit is to make a birthday cake for Jesus and to do something fun together. Uh, anyone can do this. And what we would like to ask you guys, the church, to do is to please take one of these kits and give them to someone that maybe you've been looking for a way to invite them to Christmas Eve service. Maybe you've just been looking for a way to invite them in ch to church in general. Or maybe you've just been looking for a way to kind of open that door to talk to them about Jesus. Uh, I'm sure we all have that one person that maybe it kind of speaks to our heart a little bit about how do we do that and maybe we don't know kind of the best way to do that. That can kind of be a little bit of a scary thing to do and this is kind of a fun way to give them something fun to do together. You could give it to a person, a couple, a family and kind of uh, give them something fun to do for Christmas. Something else I thought about on the way here is maybe you know someone who could just use a little bit of extra cheer in their life right now during this Christmas season and this is something fun that they could do to celebrate the birth of Jesus and a way that you could uh, open that door and build relationship with them to hopefully one day talk to them a little bit more about Jesus. So we'll have a table out in the lobby. You can pick up one of those kits and uh, give it to someone that you think really needs it at this time of year. We also have our women's night out coming up, our Christmas women's night out. It's a Christmas movie and a cookie exchange. I've gone several years now, and it's a lot of fun. You bring some cookies to share. You get to bring some different cookies home. We watch a Christmas movie. We have a great time together. So if you're a woman, I would encourage you to come attend that. That's this coming Friday at 630. It's also always a wonderful time. And last night, how many of you were here last night for the Christmas festival? Woo, that was awesome. It was such an awesome time. We had so many people here. It was a wonderful time celebrating Christmas and just doing something great and free for the community so they could come and celebrate Christmas. Watch this. Christmas festival. Just a couple more things I want to call your attention to. Michelle turned in to me. Was Did you notice that? Right during the video? <laughs> Only a couple people got that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, um, our giving thanks offering. Look at this. We have exceeded our goal, but you can still continue to give to this, and if you haven't given to it, you still can give to it. Every penny of this is going to go to meet needs in our community, in our uh, uh, country, and around the world. So uh, we just think that we can take this number, that bottom number, up, 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 up. So continue to give and be faithful in that. We thank you so much for that. And uh, also, our tree out there, I just saw something really awesome. It was a family affair. They took their little ornaments, and they were writing on the envelopes, and they were putting their money in, and it was two young children. And their mom said that they actually chose those themselves. They raised the money for those themselves, and they were putting the money in at the kiosk. It was really awesome. i got to tell you, that was really a blessing to me. So uh, bring those back have those uh, gifts that you've taken off of the tree uh, by Wednesday. We need those by uh, Gracie's birthday, which is Wednesday. <laughs> Gracie's my granddaughter. Just had to throw that in there. And uh, she's going to be 15. Can't believe it. Can you guys believe it? You've watched her grow up. She's going to be driving. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, debatable. 
Yeah. I have had her out on the back uh, parking lot and uh, learning how to drive, so that's, that's a good thing. Uh, back to what we're talking about here, the Christmas project. Uh, bring those in by Wednesday. That'll, we will really appreciate that as well. So I want to give you the Christmas times, and it's a little bit different. We will not have a Saturday evening service, but uh, we will have Sunday morning. We will have a 1030 uh, service. That looks a little confusing, doesn't it? But Christmas Eve, oh, let me say first, carols and candy and Christmas and communion and all of those wonderful things. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. Forget the candy. Thursday evening, we're going to have an awesome time here. It's uh, candles, carols, and communion. We'll have some traditional music. And it's always nice just to kind of snuggle in with those traditional uh, things to do around Christmas time. We'll share communion together. Uh, Thursday night, see the time there. It'll be a great, great evening. So that's the first thing that's coming up. The next thing that's coming up is Saturday evening. We do not have a service, but Sunday morning we have a 10.30 service only. And then that evening, Christmas Eve Eve, we have a 6 o'clock for those of you that can't come on Christmas Eve. And then the next day, Christmas Eve, we have two services, and you see the times there. So familiarize yourself with those times, and um, we're going to have a great time here at Christmas. So I have to get down there. Remember that nativity quiz? We all felt so dumb because we didn't know those uh, answers to the questions, right? So uh, did I get you last time, Justin? Of course you didn't. No, I didn't. Okay, we'll do Josh. Come on, Josh. You get the first one. You guys remember that nativity quiz where I just chose everyone? So get ready because I'm looking at you. And uh, you have to be very humbled at this time of year because we don't know a lot about this story. So here's the first one. Which angel announced the birth of Jesus? Was it Michael, Haniel, Gabriel, or Moroni? Macaroni. <laughs> C. C, Gabriel. Gabriel. Okay, Tim. Come on, man. <laughs> You're up. Number two, what was the first thing the angel said to Mary? Do not fear, Mary. Mary, greetings from heaven. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you, or none of the above. C. C. not here, so he won't see if you don't know. <laughs> okay, number three. What did Joseph, Mary's betrothed, do for a living? Did he, was he a fisherman, a carpenter, an innkeeper, or the Bible doesn't really say? Allie's taking a lifeline. child, Joseph resolved to divorce her quietly. Is that true or is that false? Mm, that's false. True! Thank you, praise. Give her, everybody go wah, wah. That's right, divorce is all, but he, he chose then not to divorce her after, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a trick question. Oh, Jody's coming around with the, uh, Lovely gifts. All right, let's go over here. Here you go. You ready? <laughs> this is like the jumbotron that comes in. <laughs> okay. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us, Savior of the world, Light of the world, or Redeemer? Hey. Okay. 
contain yourself, can you? Yeah, it is. Okay, John, did I get you last time? No, okay, here we go. All right. An angel named Michael appeared to Joseph in a dream, commanding him to take Mary as his wife and to name him Jesus. Is that true or is that false? It's false. And why? Because it was Gabriel. Oh, okay. The Bible, well, actually, the Bible doesn't specify which angel. So it was a trick, but it worked out for you. <laughs> it could have been, but the Bible doesn't say who it was. It was a little bit of a trick. Okay, so Jody's giving you this. Oh, you're going to love that. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Are you ready for this? No pressure. Who was the Roman emperor in power when Jesus was born? Was it Herod, Nero, Dominion, or Augustus? D, Augustus, give him a hand. I'll tell you what, you guys must have gone home and studied this nativity quiz. <laughs> you, uh, I didn't get you last time, Justin? Okay. Okay, let's do it as a couple. The last couple I had stand together, I think they got a divorce. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, here we go. Uh, what did the multitude of angels say to the shepherds? Was it, we bring great news of great joy? For unto you a child is born. Glory to the newborn king or glory to God in the highest? Uh, I'm going to go B. B. Oh, he's a board member. Give him a hand. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay, John. Come on, John. You were giving me those bulge eyes last week. Okay. Oh, that was the last one. Yeah. Give John a hand. You guys are great. That was fun. Let's continue to worship. All right. The ushers are going to come by and bring the basket. Um, I shouldn't be out of breath from that little bit of uh, exercise I just did, if you want to call it that, but I am. So, okay. Um, after they come, just uh, stand and sing with me. You know what I'm saying?
Welcome to church. It's good to see you guys out there. So, did you enjoy the snow this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You enjoy it? Love no. I love snow, too. Thanks for pushing the driveway off. You're a good man. <laughs> That's the worst part of snow is that driveway. But anyway, we're really glad you're here today. We did have a great celebration service last night. Or celebration service. Goodness. Christmas festival. And... Uh, had lots of people in spite of the rain, you know. Thought people might not show up, but people showed up and had a good time. I saw a cartoon this week uh, of three re- uh, women riding on camels. And they were riding on camels back to Nazareth, and they had bumper stickers on the uh, back of the camels. And one woman mutters, well, if it isn't old Mary- Joseph and Mary. The bumper sticker says, our son is an honor student. Another one said, our son is, a medical sc- is in medical school. And Mary said, our son ours." Our son is God. Hard to top that one, isn't it? Anyway, it doesn't sound like the Mary of our story. But Ida Tarbell, in a biography of many famous persons, was asked on her 80th birthday to name the greatest people she had ever met. And she said this, those nobodies, the no, those nobody knows anything about. Some of the greatest and famous people in history book of God, she said, are obscure nobodies in the history books of men. Sometimes... It happens that obscurity is a blessing because it leaves a person free to give their life in service rather than in display. The poet put it, I'm a nobody, who are you? Are you a nobody too? Well, today we're uh, continuing our series. Have you ever said, I, uh, I'm not gifted, I'm not important, I have nothing to offer, God could never use me? Well, if you've ever said any of that, then you are in good company with the characters in the Christmas story. If the stable story teaches us anything, and we've learned a lot, it is that God specializes in using people who society calls nobody to accomplish his plan and his purpose. Today, as I said, we're continuing our series, Stable Matters, and we've, uh, this is our, uh, what is our third weekend of the series, and uh, we're going to continue for the next couple of weeks, but we're looking at how this old familiar story still matters in our lives today. You know, it's become so familiar, as we talked about early on, that sometimes we just read over it uh, as a traditional kind of thing with not giving much thought to really uh, why it matters in our lives today. You see, in our culture today, when important people come to town, everyone knows it. Now, think about this. If, uh, if NBA arenas, they sell out months before LeBron. You know, I heard people trying to get tickets for the Lakers and the Wizards. Bad luck. Waited too long, unless you got lots of money. 
you know, or, or Steph Curry show up for a game. Those arenas sell out, and it's hard to even get a ticket <clears throat> to one of those games months ahead of time. When Bono and uh, his group U2 show up to do a concert, hundreds of screaming fans show up long before, hours ahead of time, and, and stand outside of arenas and, and in, li in line to get a glimpse. When the president visits the city, you can be sure that uh, the mayor will be at the airport to meet him or, 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 or some dignitaries and thousands of people will show up maybe just to get a glimpse or hear him speak. I believe the Christmas story, the stable story, shows us that God does things differently than the world. Mary and Joseph, two nobodies, in a dusty corner uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a dusty corner of the Roman Empire, made their way from a tiny village of Nazareth to a little town of Bethlehem. You know, they were too unimportant for fanfare. No one stood in line. Uh, no one bought tickets ahead of time. And they were even too poor to secure lodging, even in a hostel, and therefore were, fo uh, were forced to shelter in a stable surrounded by animals and a guest list of society's nobodies. Now, in that dirty and forgotten place, the baby, who is God, came into the world, and what happened in the story really matters today, especially if you feel like you are a nobody. The story really matters if you feel like that maybe in your life, you feel about your life that you are a nobody. We all know uh, the story of Christmas. Mary and Joseph, the baby, the shepherds and Magi and some elderly folks. What matters from the stable today, this all too familiar story, is this surprising revelation that God's ways is many times uh, to ignore people society considers somebody and instead using, uses nobodies. So let's take a look today at the, these nobodies uh, that society called nobodies in our stable story that really matter to us today. Our first nobody is Mary. And I'm going to read some scripture to you today. And uh, I've added some scripture that was not traditionally read in the Christmas story. But I'll read to you Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, there it is. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the, the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary home to be his wife. Now Mary was probably, the, story said, or the uh, historians say, no more than probably 14 years old. She was a virgin, and she was inexperienced in the ways of the world. She was engaged to be married. Like most uh, peasant uh, girls, she was mostly, most likely illiterate. And uh, Mary lived in the town of Nazareth, a, a corrupt village halfway between the port cities of Tyre and Sidon in the province of Galilee. It might not be the end of the world, but Mary could see it from there. That's how despicable it was. I mean, it, was, it wasn't the end of the world, but... You, if you were there, you could uh, see the end of the world from there. In Bible times, women were not important people. And teenagers were even lower on the scale. Add this, that she was pregnant before marriage. And, and so in the world's view, you got a real nobody on your hands. But in spite of all that, in spite of her background, in spite of her education, in spite of uh, being young and a teenager, in spite of all that, Mary was God's choice to be the mother of Jesus. She conceived the Savior of the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God considered her somebody important 
and gave her a pretty uh, awesome assignment. Tough, but awesome. <clears throat> so we have Mary. <clears throat> Next we have Joseph. He too was a nobody, and, that's, and his story was in the scripture I just read. He was, a, he was just a hardworking, ordinary man, a, a man's man, a, a carpenter by trade. He was faced with the choice of trusting God and protecting this small town reputation of Mary. You see, Joseph said yes to shame, not only Mary's shame, but his own shame. He said yes to love, and he said yes to God which in those days was unheard of. But God chose Joseph to act as the foster father to the son of the world. Just a nobody, just an ordinary man, just like most of the men here today, just ordinary men. Next, we have shepherds. And the Bible says, and we've talked about the shepherds, and the, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Man, wouldn't you like to have been there? <clears throat> I'm not sure. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes, and lying in a manger. You see, they too, the shepherds, were not important people. In the society, they were nobodies. They were, they, they were not important people. They were just the opposite. They were, they were working the second shift, and they were nobodies who worked outdoors with stinky sheep. Back in that day, watching sheep was not exactly a rock star kind of gig. <laughs> they were considered ceremonially unclean, they were mostly isolated and forgotten because their flocks needed to move around to find new grass. They were not able to be involved in the temple activity. They were treated with contempt and mistrust. I read a statement this week that said they were suspect of stealing from others and would often confuse thine with mine. You see, their testimony was never allowed in court because they were unreliable. They were known to be brash and bold. Living out in the fields, away from society, made them unappealing to most people. I mean, when they came to town, you knew they were shepherds, and they knew that they needed to shower. And so they were unappealing. Most of them had foul mouths and were ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Yet, they were the first guests, the first nobodies invited to the most thrilling, thrilling real-life drama known to man. This group of nobodies witnessed more of God's glory. Think about this. These, uh, these, this group of nobody, nobodies witnessed more of God's glory than all the priests in Jerusalem. So we have the shepherd, and then we also have the Magi. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star uh, when it rose and have come to worship him. Now the, the Magi, you know, we kind of maybe look at them and we put them on a little bit different uh, uh, scale uh, uh, of people, but uh, the reality is they were nothing more than rich pagan astrologers. It, it didn't matter if they had money, they were foreigners. And they were unbelievers. I mean, think of that. At that first stable, the stable story that we read about, there were Magi there, and they were unbelievers. They had money they, they, because they, uh, they were unbelievers because they, they had a, a wrong religion, the wrong clothes, and the wrong sacred book. Yet God invited these rich astrologers, strangers in Israel, unbelievers to celebrate the king of kings, the Magi. And then you have Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth and Zechariah, the story is found in Luke chapter 1, and the Bible says, in the time of Herod, king of Judah, there, were a priest named, there was a priest named Zechariah, and he belonged to the priestly division 
of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they both were very old. So you have Elizabeth and you have Zechariah. They were, they were just a nice, kind, old couple living out their last days of life uh, filled with religious activity. I mean, they are the kind of people that, you know, in society, we just kind of ignore uh, older people unless they get in our way when they're driving. And then, you know, we like to, you know, do some things or say some things. But rea reality, they were nobodies. You see, this couple in their old age, they had no children. And if you read the story, it's quite an interesting story. It's kind of like Moses, you know, and, uh, or uh, Abram and the, the story of, of, uh, of uh, Sarah and her being childless in her old age. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, be careful because God uh, kind of uh, has a way of impregnating people no matter, you know, what their age may be. So if you're old today and say, hey, you're safe, maybe you're not. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I just thought about that. <laughs> Woo, that'd be something. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, God chose them. Like chose them to care for and raise the forerunner to the Messiah, John the Baptist. And then there were two other nobodies, and they were Anna and Simeon. And it's found in Luke chapter 2, the Bible says that they were, uh, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought him in, the child, uh, brought in the child Jesus to do what, uh, for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God. And then you got, uh, you got the story in 36 through 38. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Hunel and the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then there was a widow until she was 84. And she never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all uh, who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now the Bible uh, tells us that story alone. They were alone. This, they weren't a couple, but they were both alone and they were both uh, elderly. They were two people almost completely invisible in Jerusalem. Invisible except to God. God knew where they were at and uh, he had his spirit on them. The spirit of God had been speaking to them for decades telling that they would witness the most important event in human history. And, and even after they held the baby Jesus that day in the temple, the world would have considered them, uh, uh, them people at the margins. They were marginalized society, of society, nobodies. Yet Simeon and Anna were on God's list to be a part of this incredible story for decades before the rest of the world knew what was going to happen. Now, all the characters in our stable story were considered to be nobodies in society, but they had one thing in common. Anybody know what that was? They were available because you saw that definition in <laughs> your notes. They were available. They had that in common. There was nothing special about them. There was nothing that uh, would help that they would stand out in a crowd, but they were simply available. And so the question from the story today that I think really matters to us today is, are you available? Are you available to God if the Holy Spirit would speak to you about something this morning that he wanted to do miraculously in your life, that God wanted to use you to be a part of his story, no matter what that part might be, are you available? Are you available? Are you too busy? Are you too young? Are you too old? Are you a... A, a, a manly man? Are you a, a woman? Are you a teenager? Are you a child? And you make all those excuses 
Or would you say today, I am available? God, I'm available. Whatever you have for me, I'm available. Now, the word available means to be able to be used or obtained at someone's disposals. It's disposal. Those who are useful to the Lord are available, ready to be used by God. They were there and said, God, I am available. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. God, however you choose to use me, no matter what's happening in my life today, no matter how I feel about myself, no matter where I'm at in society, God, I am available for your use. I'm available for your use. You know, those who are useful to the Lord are available. They're ready to be used from God, by, for God, not on their time schedule, but on, uh, not on their time, uh, our time schedule, but on God's. It's not, it may not be on our calendar. It may not be in our future plans. But if God calls, are you available? People that are, uh, are available are used by God. He is Lord of their life. They've surrendered and said, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. You see, God is looking for those who have surrendered, surrendered all, and have said to God, God, here I am, send me. Here I am, God, use me. Here I am, God, I'm available. No matter how minimal the task, no matter how great the task, no matter how difficult it may be, God, I'm available. I'm available. The Lord is looking for people who are available today. Every one of the characters in our story could have come up with a really good excuse to say, I can't do it today, God. I'm not available. God, come back sometime when it's more convenient in my life. Not those. He, God's looking for those who are available. Not those who have God typed in on their calendar app to attend church on a Sunday or two a month. Or maybe even be an occasional volunteer at church or at a special event. But those who are continuously saying to God, God, here I am. I am available. Not for my purpose, God, but for your purpose. You see, when God has something important to do, he looks for a person that he knows is available. You might say, well, God doesn't show up, doesn't ask me anything because maybe you've not made yourself available. Maybe you've never said to God, here I am, God, use me. Here I am, God, send me. Here I am, God, I am available. I am available. Some of you are thinking God could never use me. Don't bet on it. God most often uses the most unlikely people. What matters from the stable story this week is that God still invites the nobodies of society to be a part of his story. And when God invites you to his story, he provides everything that we need. What breaks my heart today is that the most powerful people, the beautiful people, the cool kids may miss out on being a part of the story because we get too busy building our own kingdom. You see, meanwhile, God's kingdom is filling up with the people no one notices. If you ever feel like a nobody with very little to offer the kingdom of God, do not despair, but be available. You're just who Jesus is looking for to demonstrate again, as he has throughout history, that he loves to make much out of little. He did it at the stable, and he will do it with any of us who are available. You want to know the key to being successful nobody? You want to be a successful nobody is to be available. Is to be available. The Christmas season, this Christmas season, if you feel like you're a nobody, I would say to you and I, rejoice. Rejoice. Because you're near the kingdom of God. You see, regardless of our gifts, regardless of our abilities, regardless of our talent or lack of them, God can use each of us to accomplish his plan. Our own Colin Burt says, God does not need your ability, but your availability. You might say, I have no abilities, I have no gifts, I have no talents, and I would say to you, are you available? Are you available? God specializes in using nobodies that are available to achieve his purpose. So today, do you feel like a nobody, that you're a nobody? 
There are, load, there are a lot of nobodies in churches today, ordinary people who love their families, live their lives, go to their jobs, but have not made themselves available to God. God doesn't make nobodies, folks. What he does do is single out people to do his work, not based on your status in the world, but on your availability. On your availability. If you're walking through life wishing you could be a somebody important, do something worthwhile. But each Sunday, maybe you head home discouraged looking uh, because you think you're just a nobody. And I want to say to you, the stable matters. The stable matters. It tells us a story that still tells that story to us today that it told some 2,000 years ago that everybody matters. Everybody matters. You see, the stable is where a baby, a teenage mom, a working man's man, a man's man, the poor, the despicable, and those who didn't believe, and the elderly and marginalized took center stage in the greatest story ever told. A stage full of nobody that God used in a story that changed the world. Proof that it does not matter if you're young or old or rich or poor, educated or not, Believe it or not, if you're available to God, God wants to use you. If you're willing to make yourself available to God today, God may just put you in center stage in a life-changing story that will change your life forever and the lives of those around you. People you will never, ever, ever know, it may matter in their lives. You see, folks, because of the stable, your life matters, and so do you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for your love and your grace. We thank you today, Lord, that you have uh, come to us, Lord, and that you have given us a story, Lord, that still matters today. It matters not only, Lord, uh, to uh, what we feel in life, but God, it matters because the Savior of the world came to forgive us of our sins. And, And Lord, you did that through your death on the cross. And Father, we thank you today for the greatest story ever told. And God, help us not to be so busy this Christmas season that we're not available. But God, that we, we have just said, no, I'm not available. Lord, if you could fit it in my schedule, God, help us. Lord, help us today to make ourselves available to God, to you, Lord. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, would you make yourself available today for God to forgive you and to move into your life to be your Lord and Savior? If you've never received him today, are you available today for God to forgive you? For God to lavish his love on you? be born in your heart today. That's you today if you just simply pray this prayer, Jesus. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on a cross for the forgiveness of my sins. You can just pray that. Then you pray, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And then invite him into your heart. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior. Then you thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to know that God loves you and God lives in your heart. He has forgiven you of your sins. And I would encourage you today to stop out at the table that says, I accepted Christ, and there'll be a pastor there that just wants to take one minute of your time. Would you be available for that? Just be available if you prayed that prayer just for a minute or two. Maybe you're here today, and you've said to God, you know what, God, I'm not available. I'm too young. God, I've done my time. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm slowing down. 
I'm, I'm too, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm, I don't have the right education, the right gifts, the right abilities. And that's not what God is asking us today. God's asking us to be available. And to be available, you have to surrender what you want to be and do what God wants you to be and do with your life. What God wants to be is Lord of your life. He doesn't want to be etched into your schedule. He wants to be your schedule. I know in a world that's so busy and moving so fast and but nothing's changed. The stable story still tells the same story today, no matter what our culture dictates. So if you'd say, you know what, buddy, I'll be available. I want to be available. Then you need to surrender today and say to God, God, here I am. Send me. Here I am, God. Use me. God, here I am. I am available. We'll close out with a song, and it's a familiar song that probably most of you know if you listen at all to Christian radio. If not, it's a great song. Listen to the words. And maybe you'd say, God, I'm available, and you'd just like to come and pray this morning. I'll give you that opportunity to come and to pray. You can pray right in your seat. But just open your life just for a moment. Just open your life to a moment and say, Holy Spirit, I'm available for you to speak to me. I don't need to rush out. God, I'm available for you to speak to me. And if you want to make your life available to God today, I encourage you to surrender your whole self to him. In Jesus' name, thank you.
pastor friend this past week, and he reminded me of an evangelist that I heard a long, long time ago. His name was Lenny Weishart. Lenny Weishart, remember at the camp meeting, he said there's three things that the devil's not. The devil's not all-powerful, he's not all-knowing, and he's not ever-present. And I want to tell you what, God, the devil cannot read your mind. And so sometimes you got to tell him out loud where to go. And remind him who you are. Because we're all somebody. And God loves us. Have a great day. Enjoy yourself. Come back next week. Bring some friends for Christmas Eve and invite. And God bless you.